welcome to the Mac Draft. We should say right up top that we have licensed this technology from the Incomparable Incorporated. Big kudos to Jason Snell. So tonight we are going to talk about our favorite Mac's uh, draft style. So my name is Stephen Hacken. I'm joined by three fabulous guests. I'm Brian Satorius, co-host of Simple Beep. And I'm Ed Cormany, the other co-host of Simple Beep. And I'm Christina Warren, co-host of Rocket. So how this is going to work, we're going to go around the room and we're going to do it four times. So I think what we decided and pick our favorite Mac. So we have some ground rules. We're going to stick with Apple computer hardware so we can pick apples if we want. You can't pick a next cube. It's throwing chaos into the mix. I'm not going to pick iOS devices or Pippins or the Apple, what was it, the Apple multimedia TV box, you know, can't, <laughs> can't pick that thing. We're going to go around the room. And since I'm the, uh, I guess I'm the host, we're going to start with you and get the first pick. All right. Brian looks nervous. No pressure, Brian. I know. Come on, well, Brian. I feel like I'm going to take at least one person's high ranking, but I'm going to take the iMac G3, specifically the slot loading revisions. Ooh. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a good one. You're, kind of, you're kind of on my brand a little bit. I know. I know. But if I have the first pick, I'm going to go with it uh, for lots of reasons. Obviously, the, the iMac, the G3 iMac was a computer that helped turn Apple around. Mm-hmm. But I think the slot loading revision was like where they initially wanted it to be, where they had wanted it right. to be all along. They didn't want that tray. They didn't want that no, tray. No. They didn't want that like weird shielding. Yeah, that they got rid of the, the fan. They got rid of the fan. Yeah. They had that sweet Harman Kardon. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah this, speaker system. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, my pick. That's a good pick. All right. Well, my top one is still on the board. So uh, I think I absolutely have to pick first round the Macintosh SE30. Ooh. That's a good... Shots fired. That's a great one. So the thing about the SE30 is that it was the most powerful Mac that was ever put in something that looked more or less like the original Macintosh case design. And for me personally, like I never used a Macintosh SE30. It was a little bit before my time, but I was always impressed by the compact form that they were in and also their longevity because they were far more powerful than some of their contemporary machines. And so people kept these around for a long, long time. Like my dad had, uh, has a friend, uh, goes all the way back to school and he was a professor and we would go over and visit uh, at his hometown house, and he had an SE30 sitting over in the corner. And this was like well into the like mid-late 90s. He ran this machine. He was a wow. professor in Georgia and then would go back home to Ohio, and he would telnet in on his SE30 <laughs> to check his university email. Amazing. And he's like, this, this little box... It's so out of the way for, you know, 90% of the year. And then when I need it, it's it's still the Mac that he needed for like 10, 12 years on. So was it was pick. it also Seinfeld's computer? Uh, he had a compact Mac. Do you know which one, Christina? He did. He had an SC30. He had a bunch of Macs. I know there's uh, there's a TAM at some point. Yeah. And he had a TAM in the last season. And there's he a duo dock machine. There was a duo dock machine. And he had, I think, like he had a, a Power Mac, maybe a 6100, 6000 series. Uh, but no, he definitely had an SC30. I think that that was probably the first series, like seasons of the show was that. And I, I know this because when um, Hulu recreated the Seinfeld apartments right. in New York City, and I was the one who broke this story. Oh. I, I went and visited it in person and they had a, they had a PC there, guys. That's right. I and I wrote a story. Now. I wrote a story that said, you know, Hulu gets one crucial thing wrong in this apartment. And they had a, it's a compact, which honestly, insult to injury. I will say this. 
the day after my post was written, by the time it opened to the public, they had gone to some sort of store and had themselves, found themselves a Mac. And it was a classic. It wasn't an SC30, but yeah. it was a classic, which, as you said, looked just like the SC30. So I was yeah. like, you know what? It still had the, 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 the BS IBM keyboard. And I was like, Ugh. but like, you know what? And how I found that out was a friend of mine went the next day, like she went when it was open to the public. And she was like, I, I told her, I was like, check out the computer. And she was like, I think it's a Mac. I was like, oh, that's a Mac. And yeah. I had to like update my article. I was like, yes, yeah, success. It worked. <laughs> You're, Shaming yeah. them worked. Yeah. Tech journalism making real change <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. Positive, Positive change. Gentlemen. Yeah. Positive change. All right, Christina, what's your first pick? All right, so my first pick, um, I know this is like, this is an oldie but a goodie, but I'm, I'm gonna, this is like so basic, but I'm a basic. Uh, I'm going to say the, uh, the PowerBook G3, the Pismo. Ooh. Oh, it was on my list. Uh, that's one of my favorite laptops. This is the first Mac laptop that if I'm being honest, I totally, totally like just like, salivated over because you know the wall street was a great design but with the pismo you had that firewire you had those dual displays it had the agp graphics card which back then was so cool it was the g3 which was powerful like it was an amazing machine and then for me i mean the real kicker is that carrie bradshaw used it on sex yeah. in the city oh. so it was it was it was the machine that they used for for many many years on sex in the city and that she wrote her her stuff on and um i think the first season or whatever she had a different machine but by the time season three through the 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 finale rolled around it was it was a pismo and i love that but the firewire and, and the what i loved about that was the dual the dual base so you had the extra great. battery or you could have you know the hard drive or you could have you know the, the dvd you know drive and like these sorts of things in a mac are pretty rare i mean you guys would know more than me but like macs especially on laptops have never been known as being upgradable or extendable right and this was like the one mac where you could really do so much stuff and so i love i love the pismo i have to say your picks are, have all been on my list. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to go with the Pismo's direct successor, the Titanium PowerBook yes. G4, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it was the first Mac that was sort of mine. It, it belonged to my employer, but I got to use it as my own computer. Uh, so I kind of think about it as my first laptop. And it was such a, a, a radical departure. Like As great as the Pismo was, Titanium was totally different. It's super thin made of metal, sometimes the hinges shattered, but that's a story for a different time. And it was just a really beautiful machine. Uh, and I think, it, I think the design really holds up. You look at the unibody construction today, it's rooted in that tie book where everything was into the top case and you had black keys. And like they, they look related. And it was the first time that Apple had really pushed industrial design, I think in a big way in their notebooks. So it holds a special place in my heart, and that's what tonight is all about, right? Picking the, the Macs that are our favorites. Yeah. And so for me, the Titanium Power Book is definitely the top of the list. That was one of mine it's, as well. It was, it was on my list, list too. It's a classic, right? It, it, was, it was also it, my first Mac that I owned myself yeah. that got me through college. Well, and, and I mean, it defined a look that would last for another seven years, or another another nine years, I guess. It wasn't until, what, the, the Unibody MacBook Pro that they deviated from that design for their for yeah well the aluminums were different they had the silver keys and they kind of went back to yeah, they kind of but, 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 but the, the silhouette i mean you're right, right. they made changes but the silhouette was the yeah. same from that from that titanium yep. you know power book onward it was it wasn't until the the unibody that they really got away from that yep. yeah probably the most enduring apple design right uh, it's got to be i think so there's uh, that legacy lives on <laughs> all right well i'm gonna keep the laptop train going okay I'm taking the 12 inch power book g4 Ooh, Ooh, it's a good choice such a good yeah. choice uh, this was the laptop I took to college, and um, I like I went to college with this, an external keyboard, external mouse, monitor, all the stuff. And then by sophomore year, I was just using the laptop. I was taking it to like the library, the quad. Yeah. Uh, and I think people are still talking about it today. 
it's uh it was like the smallest at the time i think when steve jobs announced it he's like it's even smaller than the duos if you remember those uh so it's yeah as as apple continues to make things smaller and lighter i feel like this was a, a big landmark in that and that's what i liked it for yeah i love the the keynote where they introduced that where they they I think they started with the 17 inch yeah. and then the transition to the 12. Yeah. The, the keyboard stays the same and just like the machine evaporates <laughs> the, around the it. The entire yeah. slide just fades out to background. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a good, that's a good choice. And they, um, you know, those machines really were the, I guess besides the do it, it was like power and yeah. in a compact yeah. form where before you had to do an iBook, which yeah. really, right. which looks great. I mean, especially once they did the, the, um, the white ones, yeah, white mm-hmm. iBooks. I mean, the, the original clamshells were kind of ugly, but 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 once once they got <laughs> to off my list, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm just being honest. I, mean, I, love, I love Legally Blonde forever, and and right, and, yeah. and, but, but, and, and Gomer Girls too. But you know, but uh, but no, I mean, it had a, a an aesthetic that was just like cute, gorgeous. Oh yeah, you know? that's mm-hmm. a good choice, Ed. All right, well, I've got a couple things high up on my list that are very similar okay. to some things that we've picked already. So I think I'm going to try to diversify a little bit here. Uh, but also very near the top of my list is the iMac G4. Ooh, Good choice. Yeah. And the so yeah. hmm? the DB. This is this is the famous eye lamp. Oh yes! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Seth Cohen forever. Yes. So oh, Seth Cohen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always relate Max to TV shows. Yeah, yeah. We know how Christina made her list now. <laughs> <laughs> What's on my Netflix queue? Yeah. Uh, but the iMac G4 is special in two ways for me as being a favorite. So one, obviously, is the design. I mm. think that the design absolutely holds up. It's gorgeous. It's probably the best design I think they've ever done. This, for machine, iMac. Yeah. this machine is still sitting like right next to the TV room in mm-hmm. my parents' house, and it's never going to leave because it's an art object. Totally. Like, we've, we haven't booted it up, but maybe like <laughs> once in the past few years, and it was absolutely painful to use. But the design... it it really stands on its own just as a piece of sculpture. Totally. And it was also functional. I mean, I have an iMac now and I would love to have the range of motion Mm. of that swivel arm where now they just only tilt up and down, but you had this full swivel arm that Mm -hmm. you could, you know, someone else comes in the room, you want to show them something, you just slide the screen right over. It was a really effective design in that way. It wasn't without its flaws. I mean, it becomes a dust volcano if you don't (laughs) clean it out regularly because it had these grills that were drilled the straight down into mm-hmm. the top and the fan blew <laughs> yeah. straight back yeah. up the top. And so that, that could get a little bit messy. Just had to have good iMac hygiene. And the other reason that this machine was special for me was that this was the first machine that I ever ran OS X on. Oh. So we had a, a beige PowerMac G3. This was a mm-hmm. huge upgrade for us. Yeah. And, uh, huge upgrade. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big bump. Yeah, this big, <laughs> big, big, yeah, big bump. And so... That machine came. It had 10.1. I dodged a bullet. Never ran 10.0. Yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely so dodged a bullet. Was, and so that was, you know, a big leap forward in Mac experience for me. Was yeah. with that machine. That design really was only around like 18 or 24 yeah, months. It was, they went mm-hmm. to the G5 really quickly. They, yeah. they did, and but it was so iconic. Like I think oh, that if yeah. it, I think more than I mean, other than the Bondi, you know, iMac, um, I think that that was the one that everybody knew yeah. because mm-hmm. it was such a striking. I mean, it was it was such a great homage to Pixar. You yeah. know, um, oh, in, yes. in, in the lamp, it, it, but it suited character. It really mm-hmm. did. I mean, you're you're right. Today it is an art object. I mean, I remember lusting after that computer and being like, "This would be a great secondary computer in my apartment." You know, and like I could have used it as a primary machine, but I mean, like that's part of what made the OC 
so great. Seth Cohen's like <laughs> he had the Death Cab for Cutie posters, and he had the 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 the, the I'm actually for and like the you're dream, like, honestly, and you, he was, and, and, man. and he had the Infinity Pool, and you're like, <laughs> I want to marry you, Seth Cohen, and I still would. Um, but no, I mean it was timeless design. Yeah. Probably the best. Yeah, I think the best IMAX design they've ever had. Yeah. Was wasn't it wasn't it leaked because it was a Time Magazine cover story? Yes, it, yeah. that hit newsstands before the yeah a the couple keynote? hours before the event. So yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I can't right. I can't imagine that that whoever was responsible for that had yeah. a good day. You have to think <laughs> that like Stephen Levy was like yelled, even though it wasn't his fault yeah. because he had nothing to do with it. You yeah. know that he was probably like Steve Jobs probably called him. It's like what the hell are your guys doing <laughs> yeah. with this? I can't believe this. He called yeah. him at home. Oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like. And so, Steven's like, the red I don't control the printing presses. Right. <laughs> yeah. We go down to the factory and tell them to stop. What about you, Christina? What's, right. what's next? All right. So kind of keeping on the, on the uh, you know, Mac train, a little, taking it a little bit away from the, uh, the, the laptops, even though I have a lot of laptops on my list. I'm actually going to go with the Power Mac 6100. That's Ooh. on my list. Um, this is not a great Mac, to be honest. No. There were real problems with it. Um, but there, I, the one I'm, I'm specifically thinking of, you know, had a DOS card. But the reason I choose this computer, when I was in seventh grade, I was um, a, uh, a computer assistant, a, a, a TA technology assistant, and I would help people in the Mac lab before and after school. And I basically got like a free hall pass to do stuff. And the summer before seventh grade, um, I'd taken it upon myself to learn a lot about computers. And I didn't really know anything about it before then. And I learned as much as I could. And I learned a lot of networking, Apple Talk stuff and other things through, you know, those Macs that were, I had a, a, a we had a full computer lab full of those, those of those, uh, you know, uh, Power Mac 6100s, you know, with the, the pizza box stuff and, and uh, Ethernet cards that really didn't work that well, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and DOS cards so that on a bunch of the machines we could run DOS. And then we got in <laughs> trouble for installing Windows 95 on them because we didn't actually have licenses to put them on all the machines. Um, but it was, it's, it's, like my, it's like the first modern era, not modern era, but like, you know, that era, you know, PowerPC Mac that I ever spent significant amounts of time with. And well, so it was the lower end of the very first generation yes. of yeah. power mac and totally yep. exactly and and so which is why it was in school which is why they had you no know, 30 of them yeah. you know in 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 a technology lab that were paid for by you know apple education grants and things like that so it wasn't a great mac um and there were certainly problems and and, and the networking was a real problem but i will always in my my heart just have like a special nostalgic place for like the first you know um power pc machine that i spent a lot of time on was that and I and the DOS card thing was even though there have been previous Macs that would have those abilities to do stuff and you even had Amigas that had like Mac cards. It was still a novel enough idea pre boot camp yeah. to be able to do to live in both worlds and and that was something I think that you know if you want to say on Michael Spindler's Apple because this was I think technically Emilio might have been there but I don't remember I think that Spindler probably greenlit these devices and then Emilio was in power I think so yeah I, I think that's how that worked but like if you want to say anything about that era like they got a lot of stuff wrong but they probably recognized sooner than Steve Jobs certainly wanted to that like the only way for Apple to really succeed would be to play nicely along with Windows right that's a good pick. I didn't see that coming. Special place in my heart too, because that was my family's very first Mac. So, Did they get it wow. from the infomercial? Uh, we we bought it from CompUSA. Okay, because <laughs> there was an infomercial for the Performance. You guys remember the Mac infomercial? The the Martinetti's buy a computer. That my family got the Performa version of this Power Macintosh, probably <laughs> off of that infomercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh man. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll come back to the modern time for a little bit. Okay. This is the machine that was the first. Mac I ever collected, but now I've got a whole bunch which we've talked about on Simple Beat before. 
Um, but it's the Power Mac G4 Cube. Yeah, and it was a, a it was a Christmas present from a, a family friend who knew that I liked Macs and they had one and didn't know what to do with it. And it's I think it's special for a bunch of reasons. Um, it's you know when Jobs came back, he had the the grid of four. We yeah. had a professional, a consumer, notebook, and desktop. And this was the first time that that grid was expanded. And I remember very clearly, like in the keynote, it expands out. And he's like, no, and, and it's not a notebook. And it's the power of the Power Mac G4, but in an eight-inch cube. Yeah. And it's so if, much technology, so little space. <laughs> so little cooling. So <laughs> terrible cooling that literally I had one in my high school's lab catch on fire. That's, oh. that's not good. Um, there's no fan. It was, it no was fan. convection cooled. And Hands people put paper fire. on top of it because yeah. it was just a flat surface. But, <laughs> <Dumb> idea. <laughs> but the thing floats in an acrylic stand. I mean, it, it is, I think, like, I think alongside the iMac G4, it is the... The other Mac yes. that I think of as a piece of art. Yes. I think it's probably like the most pure Johnny Ive design we've ever seen. Yeah. Is It's in the MoMA? Yeah, the it cube? is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and Jobs had a thing about cubes, right? Like he had the next cube, which we were talking yes. about before we started. And then the Apple store in New York. That's, I mean, this he loves a cubism. form that he loved. And, you know, the, the cube didn't do very well, had some problems. It didn't sell very well. It was no. expensive compared to the other machines. Too expensive for what it did. You know, it was hard to upgrade. You could upgrade the RAM on it and do some other stuff, but it was really hard. Didn't it use a laptop hard drive? I think so, yeah. Um, and which, which for that price, you know, it meant very slow because at that right. point you're talking really low RPMs probably. And not, probably not even 5,400 RPMs at that point. And you're paying 20-something, yeah. more than $2,000 for a computer. It was an expensive thing, but you know, paired with that cinema display at the time with the clear oh, acrylic, it was just yeah. a gorgeous yeah. thing. It so, looked like it was floating. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Some Harman Kardon sound sticks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got I've got my cube, which still runs. Still it runs. Sits, it sits on the corner of my it, desk. Is yours cracked or is is the case oh, good? Very important. Uh, question. So, yeah. So we should explain the er, uh, the early ones. I think they kind of worked through it. Yeah. The acrylic would have cracks in the seams. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is a later model, so mine is not cracked. But I've seen them, and they just have these little hairline yep. cracks, and it's you know if you, the, the light catches it right, it looks like it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. But there's these little hairline fractures, and they they worked through it. You know, Apple has a tendency to push their designs maybe past what manufacturing can do at first. Um, like as recording this, you can't buy a jet black iPhone because yep. they're constrained. Right. <laughs> uh, kind of the same thing. But for me, it's it's what kicked off my love of collecting and my love of understanding you know, where the Mac had been and where we are now. And so it will always hold a special place in my heart, you know, well beyond what its beauty deserves. And if you think about it, I mean, like the Mac mini was in many ways kind of yes. like took that silhouette, yeah. you know, it was much the smaller form. And, right. and even the the Apple TV, both the original white one and, you know, even the modern one, like you still see that cube motif yeah. mm-hmm. visible in Apple stuff. Like the airport, the tall airport yes. extreme now. Oh yes. my God, the tall airport extreme is completely, yeah. 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 It's like, it's like a, you could put a cup of juice inside of it. It's like a mm-hmm. hollow. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, on to round three. This is when I expect we'll, we'll get off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. I'm going to, I'm going to like call an audible, do one of my low picks in this round. Oh boy. Ooh. I'm going to choose the pizza box LC. <gasps> Love that. That was my emergency pick. Really? I want to see if it's for the same reason. All right. Uh, for me, um, I think the majority of the Macs in our elementary school labs where Ed and I got to know were, were LC2s, LC3s. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. Uh, the pick I should have made in this round is the Macintosh 2, like just period 2. That is the Mac that we had in our family growing up for like a decade and the Mac that I cut my teeth on. And that thing was a beast. I have you know all the love for it, but it was a beast. It had like six new bus slots and could have... Yeah. 
a lot of RAM, like a lot of RAM for the late 80s, if you had a million dollars. But then I got to school, I got to some friends' houses, and like, this is a Mac that is all, all better than the one that we have at our house, and it's so much smaller. Right. And uh, it has a super drive. Ours only has 800K floppies. <laughs> like, it was better in every way, but it would use the same monitor, keyboard, and mouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, like, it represents the Mac I cut my teeth on in a much smaller package. Yeah. I had on the list purely for the miniaturization that yeah. it was so yeah. small. Even to this day, if you see an LC, it's kind of mind-blowing how thin it is. Yeah. And didn't LC stand for, like, low, low cost? Low cost. So it was yeah. a short-lived... Machine, yeah. I think they only had three, or maybe I think three or four of them. I think they had three in that form factor. Then they applied. They the had the all-in-one form factor. Yeah, too. yeah they like applied the, the name TV. to other stuff. Because I was gonna say, because the, the the iMac, if we were gonna be honest, really owes its its credit to the Absolutely. LC all-in-one. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, the LC three or whatever, wasn't it? The the some yeah. The, yeah. LC three like, was still a pizza box. Okay. Yeah. Like but remember, they had like an all-in-one that had like the five hundred series, but yeah. it had like a fifteen inch or it was fourteen. It was yeah. a big screen. It had yeah. the speakers on the side. It was yeah. Uh, and still cheap. That's that's good. That's my, that was like my reaching I promise deep. you it's in my notebook. I yeah. was going to say DLC <laughs> was my emergency pick. So uh, we've picked a lot of historical Macs so far. I'm going to pick one of the newest Macs around. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so my current favorite Macintosh is the one that I use at home. It's the Retina 4K iMac. Ooh, it's nice. a nice choice. And 5K iMac. No, 4K the iMac. 4K. You have the little one. Little yeah, baby. and specifically, specifically that one. And... I never thought that I was going to buy another desktop Mac mm -hmm. until the Retina 4K came out. A year or so before, my parents needed to upgrade theirs, and they got the 5K. And every time I sit down to that machine, I just feel like it's a little bit too close <laughs> and too big. And what I really wanted was you know, the smaller screen size but with that amazing retina quality. It's the largest retina screen that I've ever owned, mm -hmm. and it does everything really well for me. And so it surprised me that I actually went out and bought the machine because I, I thought that I was in for notebooks forever, but then that screen just mm -hmm. hit the sweet spot for me. It's, you know, it's the distillation of the iMac design. We were talking about how some of the previous designs are more like art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now it's really just that distillation of screen mm -hmm. and, you know. It is hug, screen. It, it's a screen and hug yeah. the other components up to it as yep. close as possible to fool you that they're not even there. And that's the screen that I wanted. That's the computer that I wanted. And I'm, I'm very happy with it. So it's one of my that's top a good picks. Pick. So... That's a great pick, and I I was tempted to pick the 27-inch iMac, the first one um, on that list, because for kind of similar reasons. But what I'm actually going to pick is I'm going to go to the um, the Intel MacBook, the black Intel MacBook. <sighs> that was my yep. Which uh, I think you know I don't I don't care what model, whether you do 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, I don't care. Um, I think that is that MacBook, not the black one necessarily, but that MacBook. I think it was. I would argue is the most important modern Mac in Apple's history. I think so too. Uh, mm -hmm. Because the Intel transition was such a huge moment for them. Um, a, they handled it so well. But B, the timing couldn't have been better because Vista was such a disaster. <laughs> and that you had these, these laptops that, that looked different than the iBook, you know, had this widescreen display. And it looked different. It was lower cost, you know, so you still had that, the, 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 the PowerBook, or excuse me, the MacBook Pro, which looked identical to the, the, the PowerBook G4. And 
And, and so, you know, I wasn't, there wasn't really anything exciting about it, but now you had this 13.3 inch design and that black, which they finally brought back now for the, for the, the black iPhone mm-hmm. is the same color was such a striking thing to that, that, that solid black keyboard, that trackpad, um, just this great design where, you know, an inch thick, just super small. And I think it's such an important Mac for Apple that really like had suddenly you had a thousand dollar to $1,500 device that people could also run Windows on if they wanted to, that it was Intel. Such an important computer. My first um, personal Mac laptop that I owned. And, and when I made the decision to, to be Mac full-time, because I was kind of living in both worlds, and I made the decision to be Mac full-time, in 2007, I got the, uh, the, the black MacBook and that black color, which because the white ones, the early ones would crack. You'd have casing yeah. issues. You mm-hmm. never had that issue with the black one. And so I, I paid that black tax. I paid it gladly to, that <laughs> to get that 160 gigabyte hard drive and, you know, slightly and faster cool. processor. Yeah. Super cool because I, you bought it for the looks. And it was, I think, uh, an understanding where in an era where everybody else's laptops were kind of like silver, you know, and looked like Dell's and had that stuff and, or maybe had some colors. You know, you got this black MacBook and it just looked hot. And, but again, I think that Intel MacBook, whether it was black or white, is the most important modern Mac. I think that's the one that really, without that, we wouldn't have the MacBook Air, which I think we all know is like the most important Mac that exists right now. And that was really the one that kind of set the standard. Like this is, you can have an affordable Mac that can compete head to head with Windows devices. Oh, and guess what? You can run Windows on it too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the MacBook was the first Mac I saw everywhere. Yeah. And I was Mm -hmm. in college when it came out, so maybe that was was part of it. But like, all of a Everybody sudden, bought them. All of a yeah. sudden, everyone I knew had a MacBook, and they were just. It was so quick too, wasn't it? Because yeah. I it was like the year before, everybody had PCs. Yeah. And then after that MacBook, everybody had Mac. It was be and and I, I do think even though you didn't have to use Windows on it, just the fact that it ran Intel made you feel better about making the decision to spend that amount of money. Yeah. Yep. So this round is going to be my wild pick. Okay. And I'm going to pick the Network Server 500 oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of reasons. Um, and I'm cheating. I've got Mac Tracker up in front of me, so I can pull up some specs. Of course you can. Well, so, I, I spent a long time in Mac Tracker yeah. preparing for this. <laughs> it just opens at launch on your computer. Yeah. So it, it was not the first Apple server. So for a long time in the 90s, Apple would have a Power Mac or you know some random Quadra or something that they would beef up and, and sell as a server. Sometimes it'd have a better network card or that sort of thing. And then I think in 94, they started shipping some machines running uh, AUX, which was a, a Unix that Apple had partnered with some people to, to ship as a, as a server product. But the Network Server 500 is the first one that didn't reuse another case, another form factor. So this thing, if you can picture a dorm refrigerator, it's basically that size. <laughs> it's stuffed full of hard drives, and it ran AUX. And it was Apple's sort of first real server product in a lot of ways that wasn't, you know, based on something else. And they weren't very successful. AUX really didn't ever go anywhere. It's not the it's not the preview to OS 10. That Unix project died a fiery death. But it was the first real attempt at Apple to make a server product. And we know that they, they've struggled with that since. Um, the X server's gone. Yeah. You can still buy Mac Mini with, with you know, Mac OS server on it, but OS, you know, OS 10 server, Mac OS server is like 20 bucks now. It used to be yeah. $400 right. for 10 licenses. And then yeah. Unlimited was 1000 I think, for yeah. a long time. And I mean, other than like Mac Mini, Color, what are they called now? Mac, Mac Stadium. Stadium. Like who even is doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a part of Apple software story that has really not as exciting as it used to be. No, I mean, even the maybe point it was that, never exciting. It was that, well, I mean, to the point that, you know, Apple kind of, you know, they, they Swift supports Linux. You know, the, the fact that, They've they've embraced the fact that you will 
Mac on the server is never going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I remember Media Simple did a thing, it, like it was a beta, I think, in like 2008 or something, where they were like letting you do virtual Mac servers. And I remember beta testing that. And even Media Simple at the time, you know, which had a lot of designers and a lot of Mac people, they realized, no, the money's really not here for us to do, you know, virtual Mac server stuff. And is it just unless you're doing like a like a like a Mac Stadium sort of thing where you're using it for different purposes. Right. There's really no advantage to using OS ten on a server. You should be using Linux. Yep. So yeah, so that's my that's my it's oddball great. pick. That that's a pick that'll put your back out if you don't have help moving <laughs> it. It's <always> good. <laughs> so so we're entering the the final round here. So Brian, you want to kick us off? Yeah. This is a Mac model that has already been referenced in this show. It is the dual USB white iBook G3. Stinky Ooh. keyboard, though. The, I, it wasn't until you said it, I was like, oh, maybe mine's special. <laughs> no, it smells terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I have one, um, and most of my collection is in my office, and that is in the attic because you can't live with it. It's yeah. Really? It's, it's, it's it, like body odor emanating yeah. from the keyboard. Yeah, I think was it was something the, with the plastic. I guess they used it was something with the adhesive and mm. like on the label on the keyboard, and you can like clean them, but it never really goes away because it like yeah. seeps in. Yeah. So, anyways, why is that your pick? Uh, for the reason that's already been said, I think the iBook was a good machine. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was the last to fill in that two by two grid. Yeah. And uh, the when they redid it, they completely redid it. They got totally. rid of the, like the scalloped toilet seat. Oh yeah. <laughs> All, the All the colors were gone. All the colors were gone. Uh, the hinge, I think, was the first time they used a hinge that I think is still like. Yeah, in you're a right. Lot it, was, it was the full hinge. The it wasn't. Hinge. It wasn't a weird. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, maybe most importantly to me and Ed, I think this is one of the most convenient machines that are still available on eBay mm. that you can natively boot into OS nine uh, if you don't want to tangle with an emulator. Yeah. And you don't want to lug around a forty-pound iMac, <laughs> so right? Because uh, because it came out around the same time as Jaguar, so you could still it was still dual booting. Still, they were still yeah, yeah the first generation because some of them yeah. were. It was after that, I guess the second ones they the second revision they were fully, fully like like OS like 10. right, yeah. but so you get cool. the right model of this and you can delete the OS ten system folder, go all OS nine and <laughs> research for your podcast. <laughs> solid pick, stinky but solid, stinky, <laughs> very stinky. All right, for a final pick here, I've I've got a lot to choose from, but I think I'm gonna go with the one that stands out as the most stuff of legends yeah. for me. Uh-oh. Oh boy. And that is the Mac 2FX. Uh-huh. Because I don't know that I've ever even seen a Mac 2FX in my <laughs> life. They're so expensive to pick up. Exactly. And this is the thing. Like, people talk about the Mac 2FX with this reverence yeah. because of the power that it brought for its era and also for the price tag that it brought for its era. Mm. So the 2FX came out in 1990 for the low, low price of $10,000. What is holy this, Elisa? M- holy, yeah. holy moly. Yeah. That was the base configuration. <laughs> so, and yes, just, just to put that in perspective, in, in $2016, uh, according to Wolfram Alpha, that is $18,830. So you could buy like four Mac Pros. You could buy a car. Yeah. You could buy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Back then you could buy a really nice car. Now you could buy like a nice, like, yeah. Like a that Civic is yeah. crazy. And the, and the reason that they were able to charge for this was the horsepower that it was mm-hmm. bringing. So it had a 40 megahertz 68030 processor and no other Mac hit 40 megahertz for another three years. Right. Till 1993, yeah. right on the edge of when they were going to transition to the PC. Power, PowerPC. 
And so this was basically the best Mac that you could get before the PowerPC era. It was also the first Mac with a floating point unit, I believe. Oh, oh that could have yeah. I think it is. I'm, I'm pretty positive. That's the F in FX, maybe? We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in, in one of our previous Simple Beep episodes, we talked about uh, a notorious 2FX that was owned by Douglas Adams. Yeah. Uh, of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fame. And he bought the, he was a huge Mac fan and he bought this machine and then like totally abused it like he he like invented his own vertical configuration by like sticking it up to his wall with blue tack and this machine was then like later found in like a, like a flea market sale and mm-hmm. somebody started going through the files and realized that it was Douglas Adams wow. machine wow. so kind of like unpublished works so again it. like just the aura of legend around that machine really stands out for me yeah. it's fantastic so my pick is going to be the Amiga 4000T. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> my favorite Mac is an Amiga. No. Um, I think, and we talked about this in the pre-show, but I, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say the Macintosh TV. Okay. Um, I only really saw one like in a department store. I never really used one. But to go kind of back to my black motif, I loved the idea <laughs> of having, A, it was black, which was just great. They do the, look cool. It mm-hmm. looks so cool. Having the TV tuner, which at the time, this was what, 96? Uh, it was earlier than that. I think it was like 94. 94. Okay. Well, so having the TV tuner back then was like actually pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah. You, you did have that in some PCs. You had, you know, like, like TV tuner cards and like you could do like MPEG-2 stuff because mm-hmm. that's, I guess, the, the compression they were using. And, and you could do full motion video. But that was, um, I think, the, the first foray that we ever saw from Apple into getting into, you know, the, the television space. And, and it as ended up being something with all our current iterations of Apple TVs and even the current iMacs. It's been something they've continued. So um, from what I understand, I mean, you've used it, Steve, and I haven't. It's a pretty bad machine. It's a pretty bad machine. It's slow. And, and unlike so like the, some of the later TV tuner cards you could put in Macs, you could run the system software and watch TV. And the Macintosh TV, you had to pick. <laughs> so you couldn't be like working in Claris. I kind of like that better. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, I think the idea was like if you have a dorm or an apartment yeah. and you, you, you're going to have a computer like... Why not have one device that can do both? Totally. Well, and also if you think about like the timing, you know, web TV, my, this is before Microsoft oh, bought them man. was just out, you know, yeah. and like that was like I mean, in, in, in the, the early, early days, like this was like a really cool concept. So many people thought like, you know, Microsoft at that time was still on this idea that it wasn't the web that was the future. It was the information superhighway. Right. And they're different. <laughs> and this was, I think, kind of understanding that like video was going to be a big part of the future. And, and even though it was maybe a bad machine and they bet wrong, I think this does show that whoever was in charge at Apple at least was aware video plays a role. So, and plus just the weird novelty, just the fact that you had this beautiful black, you know, like, like you know, pizza board style, yeah. like, you know, pizza box style, like Mac. Yeah, it was an all-in-one. I mean, it was, it was like, it was an all, yeah, oh, it was, yeah, that's right, it was an all-in-one. Yeah. Okay, so it was, it was having an all-black all-in-one, which yeah. today yeah. would be great. It came, but it came yeah. with that, the... Uh, Apple Desktop Bus Mouse 2 that was all in black. In black and a black uh, keyboard. Not the extended right. keyboard, like the regular like ADB, you know, normal mm-hmm. normal size keyboard. Yeah. It was a good looking machine. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. It might be terrible, but it looks awesome. It does yeah. look awesome. Uh, so it falls to me to end. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to go with what I really want to go with because what I really want to go with is a terrible machine. What but is it? 
So my first, we, we can go around again after my your, first. After we'll, do, yeah, we'll, do bon- okay, we'll do a bonus. Okay. We'll do like a, a, tr- a trash round. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with my last favorite Mac for round four as the 20th anniversary Mac. That was on my list. Um, mm-hmm. In some ways, it's the spiritual successor to the Macintosh TV. It had a TV tuner. Yes. It also had an AM FM tuner. So you could listen to radio. Mm-hmm. You could do all of that while running. It, it shipped with system 7.6. Which is a special edition just for that, wasn't yes. it? Yes. It was like 762. It's some weird number or some build number just for the, the, the TAM. Um, I bought one earlier this year as a birthday present to myself because I could, and right. uh, I spent way too much money. Thought my wife might kill me. Did you me. spend ten thousand dollars on it though? Because that's how much they cost. I did not do that, <laughs> and nor did a butler come set it up for me. Right. Which I, I've always wanted to ask this. So I've I've always heard that that yeah uh, I heard that. So but I can't find any actual historical record of it being yeah. well, do we, in print or anything. Okay, but but real talk, do we know if anybody actually spent that before they cut the price? That's true. So they cut the price and then they refunded people. I know that. Yeah, and I think I think they refunded the difference. Yeah. Like, Sorry, we charged mm-hmm. your credit card yeah. so much. Here's another. Here's four thousand dollars back. Um, it's one of these machines. I think it's a. A, a little bit of a, a trend tonight that it's not from a technical perspective a great computer but it's so special and I, mm-hmm. it's having that flat screen having the first lcd screen and and if i'm correct me if i'm wrong guys i mean i know he designed like the message mate or whatever but like this was the first i've designed computer i think it was the first one at least that he led on yeah um, that's what i think so and he's in the video he has hair in the video that's it's right. super weird he's only been at the company a couple of years yeah you know he was like uh what's his face that hired him and uh, the guy who then went on to Beats and then went on to some other, th- other yeah. things. And he always says, like, my thing that'll be on my tombstone is I hired John Hyatt yeah. It's not a bad thing to put on your tombstone. And it's, you know, it's a very unique looking machine. It uses that bronze plastic and it has some, like, it's not really glitter, but it has a glint to it somehow. Yeah, it kind of has a champagne look. Yeah, a special mm-hmm. keyboard uh, with leather inset on the trackpad. And that keyboard really kind of pre prophesized like the the laptop keyboards we would see later on yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's not mechanical it's got i think like membranes under it and you know for me i think if you collect or if you if you pay attention to apple history it's such a landmark because mm-hmm. the design is so forward thinking talking about your imac having the lcd and the components hugging it that's the 20th anniversary mac it it brought that design to the world and then they had to you know go back to crts because of logic and price price um yeah. But it it, was one of the first machines that dared to take a CD drive and put it in any configuration other than horizontal tray It's vertical underneath the LCD. Yeah. So, like, the computer is much taller and the screen's not very big. Um, It looks, you know, the dimensions look really funny today. But the other reason I love it is that Apple doesn't look back very often. They did, uh, at the town hall event, they did the 40 and 40 video, which I, you know, yeah. uh, I think you guys talked about, and I wrote a big thing. I, yeah. I looked yeah. at every single frame yeah, yeah, so on a dare from Jason Snell. <laughs> it, took like, it took like four hours. Um, and Apple doesn't look back very often, so, you know, we get to. But that was a time where, you know, where Apple did, and they were saying, you know, they were taking the, the richness of the Mac ecosystem and multimedia and then, you know, design and saying, this is where we think it's going. And what's amazing is that Tam got a lot of stuff right. Mm-hmm. Things like the LCD, like that, that design, having... Having it look more like furniture rather than yeah. an appliance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it looks dated much more so than the iMac G4 or the Cube. Yes. But you can see where they were going with it. And a lot of those ideas have stuck around. And I mean, it, it, uh, sorry, go on. And it shows how Apple was in a dark place mm-hmm. and turning around, especially because it's the 20th anniversary of Macintosh. What year did it come out in? 1997 what year was apple founded <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1976 it took a little time to get so that i mean the they were right. this, they were at this point where they couldn't even turn around this special project right. on time yeah. but it had the hints of what was going to go right 
totally like, under their correct yeah. leadership and it was short-lived on. it died when when after jobs, jobs came back because jobs mm-hmm. came back then in 97 and that's well, in the 96 end. but yeah. he didn't he didn't take over so right. it was it was an emilio project and in, in in his book 500 days on the firing line which i recommend you all ebay because it's a fantastic read just to see how delusional this guy was wow. mm-hmm. okay um it's a really good read uh gil emilio's you know ceo for 500 days basically wrote uh, after he was fired uh, a, a whole thing about how he should get credit for all the good things Steve Jobs was getting credit for by like yeah. 98 mid turnarounds. And the only real thing he could kind of claim was that he let Johnny Ive kind of go wild on this 20th anniversary package, but it was underpowered. You know, as you said, it was a great design. And when they announced it, um, they did it at this, at this weird event where like Emilio spends like 10 pages complaining about how the, sh- how he was made fun of for the shirt he was wearing because he thought it was supposed to be hip and it made him look weird. But like he got Waz and Jobs on stage at the same time. And then Jobs didn't want to stick around for photo ops to stand next to Waz because he couldn't stand Waz. And, and he, he complains endlessly in, in, in the book about that. But like he talks, spends all this time about like the press announcement of that. Like I think Muhammad Ali was there and there was some other stuff. And it was, it, it's worth reading about like the introduction of that machine because you're right. Like they couldn't even get the timing of it right. You know, it's the 20th anniversary and it's. 21 years later but so close but but you know in a lot of ways ironically even though steve jobs had nothing to do with that product it foretold i think it's kind a of lot jobsy of in it is way. it's very mm-hmm. jobsy and even though the first thing he did was like <laughs> jettison all that stuff yeah. yeah so we're going to move on to the the bonus round bring out your dad i was going to do the power mac g3 all in one so i'm putting that in here but my actual pick is the X serve raid? Ooh. Oh, okay. Does that Wait, count? Oh, this is still a one pick round. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I got the recorder, so I can make two picks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the X serve raid is is very similar to the network server. It's not actually really a Mac. It's really just a chassis with a bunch of hard drives in it. Mm-hmm. But it was again Apple trying to like do something like for the enterprise or for education that really didn't pan out. And if you ever seen one of these things, it looks like the front of a Hummer. Like it's just like. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a grill. <laughs> yeah, it's like for Utah because they put the drives on their side and it's just a line of hard drives. And out the back are like two giant fans. I mean, you were still behind one of these things, you get blown over. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they actually made it. I think it was a, a white label that they worked with somebody else, I think, to actually control like the back plane and stuff. But it's such a weird thing and no one has ever seen them because they were only in... <laughs> I guess data centers that where yeah. the IT guy was off his rocker. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a, when I was doing consulting full time, I had a school that had, I think they had two of them, but you just, people never saw them. And if you saw it today, if you see one on eBay or see a picture of one, you can't really believe it's an Apple product because yeah. it's so strange. And so the X survey, like always makes me smile a little bit that it's yeah. so bizarre and it wasn't very, like it wasn't very successful. And now it's completely forgotten by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I had this on my list as like a hardware thing that isn't quite, you know, like a Mac with a Mac processor in it, but it is the last CRT, standalone CRT that Apple shipped. I think with the Cube, uh, it was a 17 inch like Apple desktop connect oh. or display connector. Is it the clear one? one? It was clear. It was like perfectly clear and it Did had a Sony flat. make it or it was, I think Sony yeah, it was made like it. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah, it yeah. was the flat. Like... And it was flat. Right. It wasn't curved like a tube. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was gorgeous. It had the like all-in-one connector for power, display, USB, and everything. And uh, yeah, that's that's my like garbage round yeah. pick. Apple Studio Display 17-inch ADC, ADC is the Apple Care yeah. name. Yeah, that's a gorgeous display. That's a good yeah. pick. So I had a theme in my earlier round picks of going kind of for power. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the SE30, the 2FX. 
And uh, so, so my Skeletor pick hanging out at the bottom <laughs> in case I, in case all those got chosen, I couldn't talk about power was I was going to pick the most powerful Mac of 1996, which is of course the power tower pro 225 from oh. power computing. Oh, Dude, oh, oh my God. <laughs> clone on my list too okay oh god so yeah i didn't reach into the clone bag um but this is an interesting one you know power computing was like super aggressive with their advertising with the sluggo character's ass or something let's kick intel's ass um and they got sued over the advertising because they weren't even using their own ip in the advertising (laughs) and like their founder uh this guy named steve kong i guess he was like sort of eccentric he had some money from a previous venture that he used to found power computing and he had ins with IBM from his like previous ventures. And so he actually got the chips from IBM faster than Apple did. Oh, man. And so he got this batch mm-hmm. of 225 megahertz uh, 604Es Ooh. before <laughs> Apple did, like a Shush. year before. And this was kind of what put the kibosh on the, the clone co- program was that <laughs> this had happened and then... Uh, like a year or so later, Motorola almost put out the first G3 Mac before Apple did. Ooh. So that was like when this really went south and Jobs is like, we cannot have this anymore. So the clones were the clones were fascinating. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I got to say that they're, they, I never used a clone, but like special place, you, know, you would open up, totally. you would get, you in that magazines. era, you would open up Macworld. And yep. for years there, Every time the first two-page spread yeah. was, was a clone ad, totally, and yeah. it was it was in the air. Is is Power Computing the company Apple ended up buying yes. out? Yeah, at the Power end, Power Computing is the one they bought out. Yep. So it's so <laughs> funny because I actually had, and and I'm gonna have to pick something different now, but I had the the UMAC <laughs> S910 Tower, and the reason I say that is I I didn't spend a lot of time with the clones, but when I was I guess about to go into like eighth grade or whatever. There was some in, in the, the, the school had, or I guess maybe maybe it was uh, ninth grade. I remember I was um, coming in over the summer to work on the computers and set up a lab at, at another school. And they had this tower, UMAX, this Mac clone. And I was trying to get door off to do some sort of upgrade or change. And I think we were upgrading the RAM differently or something. And, and I, I cut myself pretty badly on the door of that UMAX. And I still have a scar on oh, wow. my 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 um uh hand to this day from that umax so that i i don't really remember anything with it but you're right you would open up like macworld magazines of that era and you would see it um but since we already picked a, a clone i don't want to have two clones <laughs> That's brutal christina you were literally scarred by I was the literally clone, scarred era. By a clone era yeah you know and they were gone and 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 it's, it's weird you know but the, the, the schools were talked into it but i'm gonna do the the the, the g4 um power mac uh, the sawtooth Oh, okay. Um, because I have actually in my parents' basement, I probably have like three of them. Because <laughs> um, I loved that opening. I loved how you could, like, speaking of that, because literally getting, after getting scarred, oh, yeah. like removing, you know, the, the side door yeah. off of a tower, having that come down. And that became like a, a, a something that, that we saw the way through, you know, the Mac Pro, um, you know, um, as long as those towers existed, having that, that latch design of, of being able to, easy access to open was so great and and as someone who used to repair pcs in another life i was always so jealous of how easy you know the macs were to get into i almost mentioned the power mac 8600 which was the first that had that easy open case design yeah. 
And it was also the like first hint of Bondi. Yeah, I was going to say those first Bondi. Right, because it had this just like little teal button that yeah. was the button that you oh, pressed. Yeah. There was like testing the out the, the color. Yeah. Testing yeah. out the color in, a uh, in an otherwise all beige case. Yeah. yeah. But I love that sawtooth. And that was, and then that, that, there were better machines afterwards. And what was the one that was the, the white, the glacier? Like Quicksilver? The Quicksilver. The Quicksilver, yeah. that had the mirror drive door. The mirror yeah. drive. Yeah. And, then, and then obviously you had, you know, what became, you know, the kind of the precipice for like the Mac Pros like later on. Yeah, you. exactly. But but I love that kind of original thing because that was kind of I think along with the iMac you know the Bondi iMac was kind of showing that app because you you mentioned before like that uh, your family had um, the the, the G three tower and and like that was you know it was actually the beige G three desktop the beige G three desktop okay well I remember <laughs> yeah. the G three towers and and going from that to the the the, the Power Mac G four was just huge yeah and and having the again those agp graphics cards like with the the, the 2x you know like was just is just awesome yeah so i think that concludes the uh the mac draft mm-hmm. so thank you to my guests for coming um you guys want to go around the room and tell people where they can find you sure um i'm on twitter at bsuto b-s-u-t-o and I'm on Twitter at ecormany, E-C-O-R-M-A-N-Y. And SimpleBeep is at simplebeep.com. Yeah. And I'm at Twitter at film underscore girl. And you can find me on Twitter at ISMH. Till next time, say goodbye. See you later. Bye. See ya. Adios. Adios. <laughs>